This is Success Beyond the Score, giving insights and tips to help you learn how to build your music career from the best in the field by Millicent Stevenson. Millicent is a multi-award winning saxophonist and endorser of Harry Hartman's Fiber Reads. She is currently serving on the Executive Committee of the Musicians' Union. With over 40 years experience in the creative industry, Millicent has honed her performance and business skills. She provides personal development training and coaching via her online platform, successbeyondthescore.com. Hi, I'm Millicent Stevenson, and today I'm interviewing Louise Dengate. Louise is an exceptional vocalist and coach, but after taking her music degree when she was a little younger than she is now, <laughs> she became a receptionist and realised it was not for her and set out to grow her music into a full-time career. It now has a gospel choir, teaching, coaching and a music agency. But how did she do it? With cancelled gigs because of the coronavirus and lockdown, she navigated by developing her passion about psychology and the stage and today she gives us an insight into this fascinating area. Louise is married to Alex, who is also a full-time musician and a phenomenal pianist. They have two young children, and today on Success Beyond the Score, we hear from Louise on how they balance attending gigs and leading projects. So, hey, let's just kick off with these things then. So, I think it's really important to know something about you, but I'm interested um, in finding out who are you now? How would you describe yourself now and your career now? Well, that's a tricky question to answer in 2020 because obviously a lot of things have changed. Yeah. So um, at the beginning of the year, I was quite hopeful. Like, oh, I've got this, the gospel choir and I've got my teaching and um, I was singing at different restaurants. I got my music agency. Da, da, da. And then obviously all of that stopped everything so like lost all the restaurants all the events all the weddings everything 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 mm. so I have kind of used this year really as a time to retrain and to sort of research into other areas yeah. so I almost feel like I'm on a bit of a musical sabbatical yeah <laughs> I'm almost having a bit of time off from performing I mean I've been writing a little bit and um uh, just written a song last week actually a Christmas song mm-hmm. um so didn't done all that kind of thing but um mostly having a rest from it really and mm-hmm. taking time to sort of train and research in other things so you have many things that you do many hats I guess but how do you describe yourself do you see yourself as a musician a singer an agency director, choir director. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, yeah. somebody was saying this the other day. She's a, another singer. She was like, I don't have a label. And I think she'd done a business card and it had loads and loads of descriptions of all the different things she does. And I was yeah. like, it is quite hard. You can't just say, um, I'm an optician or I'm a nurse. You know, when you, I tend to say, I'm a musician. And then when people ask what yeah. that means, <laughs> Then I'm like, well, 10 fingers for 10 pies, many fingers in many pies, you know. So, and I think yes, yeah. for some yeah. people, not everybody, but for some people, if you want to be full time, it's about diversity and changing with the times yeah. and, you know, seeing mm. what 
inroads you can get. So um, probably my favorite thing is gospel choir that's that's definitely my favorite yeah i think i I love bringing Mm. all singers together i like the big events that we do because there's so much energy and it's so much fun um Mm. uh, after that i yeah the jazz and the pop stuff that i do that's quite chilled in restaurants Uh, i like the teaching uh and i've just got a bit into video editing actually Uh, i'm quite new at it (laughs) quite new but i had a I had a guy teach me a couple of lessons. So I'm like, I, need, I nearly get it. I nearly get it now. <laughs> and um, just do, been doing a bit of research actually into um, sort of musicians and their psychology and how that all Ooh. works together and how they experience the stage, you know, and stage yeah. life because it's different for every person. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Say a little bit more about I'm that because about. say a little bit more about the psychology because that's quite an interesting take because more, most musicians are performing um yeah. and performing and performing writing and performing and performing but now you're thinking about the psychology what's kind of got you into that and what what's yeah how's oh, it, what's I the fascination it sounds I love it different. I love it okay so um I, I've started writing a book and it's called yeah. skill and psychology because I would have students that had all the skill in the world they were brilliant yeah. but they didn't always have the psychology to get them to the next step so they might you know have crippling self-doubt or hyper perfectionism or uh, an ability to catastrophize all the time whatever it was Uh, or sometimes you know in my head I'm like you are a grade a singer musician but they would think that they were a c and I'm like huh so you can have all this skill but if you don't have the psychology to match it you are Mm. at a disadvantage but mm. you've spent all this years and years of developing your skill, but you need to develop the psychology as well. Mm. So that's the whole thing about skill and psychology going hand in hand. You need both. Mm. Um, to, to, and, and sometimes, even because I sometimes see pro singers, uh, like the West Enders, when they've finished a show, sometimes they'll have a couple of months off because they're auditioning for another show. And they'll come see me for a little bit just to work on their vocals from a technique point of view and then go off again. And um, even even some of those professionals, they didn't always enjoy what they were doing, even if they were successful. Mm. And at that point, I think, how successful is that then if you're not enjoying it? So I got really, really curious about that angle of psychology. Mm. Um, and then just this year, so it's quite a new thing, really. I've really been getting into something called Enneagram. So Enneagram looks at, um, it says there's nine different types of personality. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just numbers them one to nine. Yeah. So numbers two, three, and four are what they call heart types. Um, five, six, and seven are head types. And eight, nine, and one are the body types. And each number experiences life ever so differently and therefore experiences the stage ever so differently. So I haven't actually found anyone that's written a book on Enneagram and the performer. So I'm like, I'm kind of like figuring Uh, it out as I go along. How a two would experience the stage is infinitely different to how, um, say, like a type six would experience the stage. So So the book is all about, you know, how to, if you're a type three, how to help you, what your unique psych psychological challenges will be Mm. what your advantages will be and how to best work with your own sort of mind and emotions so 
not just that you are successful in terms of getting work, but successful in enjoying it. Because if you don't enjoy it, mm. then you miss the point, you know? Yeah, it's just like a day job somewhere. You're just bored every Monday while I'm here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm kind of interested a little bit more on that. So give me an example of a heart type and a, a mind type and a body type, in, you know, in, in experiencing the stage, how each person would do that. Okay, so I actually did a really big survey on this. So I had um, about 50 yeah. odd people answer like a whole ton of questions. Wow. And it was absolutely okay. fascinating. So um, just before a head, for instance, and there's lots of different factors. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm only taking a slither of this, right? So Yeah, we just want a little, yeah, yeah. little taste. Yeah, We're going to wait for the book. We're waiting yeah. for the book, <laughs> but we just want a little... <laughs> This book's going to take a long time coming. Honestly, the more I research it, the more I'm like, wow, this is amazing. So much I don't know. Um, so the head types generally, when they're just about to go on stage, they're often, they are, they've got a little bit of worry. So they're like, right, I want to remember the first line or okay, what key is this in? Or, you know, I'm just, I've got, I've got to get it right. And a little bit sort of, got, I mean, everybody has nerves. But the, the the head types they want to sort of they want to get it right and, and so they're, yeah, they're in the head they're thinking 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 right um, the heart types yeah a lot of them said I don't think anything and I was like really no they don't think anything they just feel they just feel the emotion so maybe they might um, feel excitement or oh, some of them yeah. might feel worry but there's no there's no inner conversation going on in there right. Head. Okay. Like, oh, okay. Wow. And um, the body types, it's a very somatic, like, oh, I'm aware that uh, my hands are jingling a little bit, or I'm mm. aware that maybe I'm a little bit sweaty or something. So the body oh. types are very aware of their somatic sensations. The heart types are aware of how they feel, emotions, emotions. And the head types are thinking, thinking, thinking about it, thinking about it. Mm. So that that's kind of uh, very basically the, the differences. I, I like that. And I'm sure everyone will be thinking whether they're head, heart or body. I'm thinking myself, thinking, what do I do when I go on stage? Mm, very nice. <laughs> I love this. If you like, after this, I can send you a link for a free test that tells you yeah. what member you are. Oh, let's do that. And I'll put it in the show notes as well. So everyone else can have a go with that as yeah. well. So let's yeah. do that. I, I like the sound of that. So listen, were you always a full-time musician then? Or were you doing something else before? Yeah, well, um, after university, hmm. I was, I actually worked in a doctor, Sergio as a receptionist. Yeah. And I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I just hated it. But you know what? That was the best thing for me because yeah. I hated it so, so much. They were lovely people, by the way. They were really nice. But it just wasn't for me. Yeah. I was so bored. And I, I don't know, I have that urge to be creative. So I only mm. did it for about three months. And I've like, I was thinking, I've got to make this work. Yeah. I've got to make because I, I can't I can't do this as a job or or any job that's not creative I will die my heart will die <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I was doing um teaching a little bit and yeah. then I was starting to gig a little bit so I, I left that job and and just did teaching and um performing and then um got married and then I, my husband Alex was saying okay, we need a little bit more income now that we're married, we've got our own house, got a mortgage. So I did teach in schools for a little bit. Yeah. 
Um, and then I got offered a job at the church as the music minister. So I dropped the schools, did the church job, and then I had children. So <laughs> I dropped the church job because you just can't do both, really. Yeah. Um, and then after church, when I was getting back into um, work again, I kind of went back to teaching and performing, mm. but I just grew both of them more. And, and I just became more focused because when you've got children, you can't have... I don't know so many options open to you you have mm-hmm. to use mm-hmm. so uh, I, I keep streamlining you know I, I can't do that anymore I can't do that anymore like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna focus yeah. so uh, I kind of, kind of came back around in a full loop of teaching and performing again so was your degree in music yes so why did you go into reception work straight after doing a degree in music or was it yeah well that's, that's yeah it's all right uh, because I didn't want to do classroom teaching uh, oh, right. So the degree yeah. in music meant you have to become a school teacher, a music uh, no. teacher. And... No, not necessarily. Like after the degree, you know, you yeah. can do anything you like. It's just that I didn't really know. I hadn't really built up my own business enough to do just teaching. Mm. I mean, to be fair, in university, I did have quite a few students, but I couldn't give them, I couldn't give teaching my full time because I was at university. So uh, afterwards, mm. I just had to build teaching up a bit more. The reception job was literally mm. just because I, I just needed a bit of extra income. But it, it certainly yeah. gave me the oomph to uh, build my, my teaching work, really. Yeah. yeah. So having a degree then, do you think that the degree at that time um, meant that anyone who finished the degree, it was teaching but not performing? Was it... Or did other students go on to perform or go on to write or go on to produce? Or Yeah, it's really interesting, actually, like what people did afterwards. Because in terms of statistically, I hmm. think out of, say, Birmingham Conservatoire, something like um, sort of 50% go into teaching. Uh, hmm. 25% go into performing and 25% do something else entirely. Oh, okay. um, in my sort of uni year... I would say it's kind of similar. I yeah. said 50% have gone on to teaching. 25% have gone, maybe something that's sort of slightly related, but mm. not completely. Um, so a couple of us are performance-based um, or, or something similar like uh, selling products to do with music. You know, right. I know a guy that's got an instrument shop, somebody else that worked at Sonos, um, yeah. all, all that kind of thing. And then, yeah, another 25% that did something entirely different. Um, but I just knew I didn't want to do classroom teaching. Yeah. I, just, I knew that wasn't for me. And do you think there's a gender thing in there, uh, being a woman? Um, you know, was, did that sort of dictate that you thought about teaching more or or not? I mean, did the guys go off and do something else? And then the women, <laughs> I'm just curious. I don't think there's much of a gender difference. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say massively. There wasn't an assumption of of teaching necessarily. Um, it's just I think that's an easier option. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, and for me, I've been teaching now, teaching singing for twenty years. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. <laughs> the, the first time I got into it, I uh, my singing teacher was having a baby. So mm. she said to me when I was eighteen, yeah, a bit young, really. Do you want to do stage coach? And yeah. I was like, I've never taught kids before. And she she said, This is how you do it. Da, da, da. Mm. So she taught me, and she did teach me for a little while, but not 
that long mm. and then um I was teaching in stagecoach I did that to start with and even though I really liked it and the kids were just adorable and everything I, I always found it frustrating that I couldn't work one-to-one especially with the ones that I knew like oh you've got something mm. I just I, I knew I wanted to do one-to-one so then I did one-to-one and that's kind of how I, I, I knew I didn't want to do classroom because uh, too many all at once I, I like that yeah. one-to-one relationship <clears throat> not what you mean <laughs> I mean yeah the gospel choir is a funny one actually because a lot of those people in mm. the past or currently I am seeing one-to-one yeah so I know each of them and their voices so that's different because I can say right uh Laura this song's good for your voice because I know your range I know your tone I know your style yeah. this is for you Josie yeah. this is a better this is for you so yeah. that that kind of it is different, I think. Um, but generally, yeah, I'm really into the one-on-one. Mm. So you're a husband and wife team. So what I really want to know is how do two creatives get on in the house with their music? I mean, is there competition, mutual support? I mean, who decides who's playing the piano when? Do you have to book it in? <laughs> when we were first together, it's because I auditioned to be in his jazz band. That's Ooh. how we met. <laughs> so um that was funny really and then sometimes we'd be doing the whole band but sometimes yeah. people would just want two people so then we kept yeah. being at these really romantic places yeah. him on the piano and me singing yeah. and you know, it was like inevitable really but I remember him saying oh I'd never marry a musician I was like oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so you already had scopes yeah <laughs> oh yeah like, oh I knew really early on and anyway he was playing he was playing I knew it <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, um, oh, <laughs> it's so, a bit like um, the lady loves milk tray but the man loves milk tray in this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you give him the chocolate and say right you're mine mate that's yeah, it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I remember us having this phone call and um uh, we yeah. both like recently like broken up with our partners and I was like you know the next mm. person I want to be with is somebody a bit like you I mean not you but someone just like you. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> totally dropped myself in it. It was so hilarious. And he was like, oh, I'm the same. The next person I want to be with is someone like you. I mean, not you, but someone like you. Like, oh! What are you doing here? What are you doing? So, um, so, yeah, so That's then we like, started, started dating and all that. So, um, yeah. So do you fight over the piano though? I can see the piano behind. Do you have a scrap as to who's playing the piano now and who's practising? <laughs> Not really, because we we've got yeah. the kids here. So we, actually, it's a sh- we do we do. We, this is a little chalet here. So this is at the bottom of the yeah. garden. The house yeah. is up up there. So this is a nice oh, little hideaway, really. So sometimes yeah. Yeah. we do come down here and jam together. But I mean, I play piano. I did like grade eight piano. But I um, he's definitely better on piano than I am. So I I much yeah. prefer to let him jam on piano and then I'll sing. That that works better for us. You know, if, yeah, if I have yeah, to play the piano, I'll do it. But I, yeah. I much prefer the freedom of singing. It feels much more open and free to me. Whereas he's the other yeah. way around. He feels more free on the <clears> piano. <throat> but uh, we used to have this thing when we were younger. I say younger, when we first married, that um, yeah. he was bossy. No, which way around was it? Um, I was bossy, but he was the boss or something like that. So we'd have... <laughs> Who wears the trousers? We've ripped the trousers uh, in half. We've got one leg each. 
so we're, we're both because we're both quite leader types we can both be quite okay. strong so um yeah yeah we, we had in the end we just had an agreement like okay this yeah. project louise you're leading it and i'll do whatever you say yeah. and then this yeah. project alex you're leading it and i'll do whatever you say so we have often gone into each other's projects um, yeah so it as long as we know who's the lead, it's all right. If yeah. we try and do something equal footing, that's not so good. Yeah. We, it no. has to be that one of us is ultimately in charge. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose one's a body type, one's a mind type, one's a heart type or something. <laughs> I don't know which one you can't you fit into. But I think that's quite good, though, for in terms of a relationship, you know, figuring out what works. I know certainly when I got married, um, my husband isn't a musician. But when we were decorating our house, I liked doing the skirting boards, whereas he just wouldn't do it. He'd hang the wallpaper. Okay. So he does like the sort of bigger picture things. And I'll do the small detail yeah and that works really really well in most cases mm. only when sometimes there's a clash and I'm doing the small detail with the situation that he's involved in and he's like I don't want the detail he's <laughs> like I just want the big picture and we have a scrap about that but <laughs> it's kind of good that you've worked out your boundaries <laughs> yeah you've got a good balance there though if he's big picture in your details that's a yeah. good balance it works so you have an agency, you're on the choir, you're into psychology, you have children, you're a wife. Um, I mean, how, how do you balance this, especially the family side of things? I mean, is it a 50-50? Do you take the lead in most things? I mean, how do you juggle all of that and look as fantastic as you do? <laughs> <laughs> That's very kind. Um, I think for me personally, I'm, I just really like being self-employed. Yeah. Because then I've got all the flexibility in the world. I mean, I just take my hat off to mums that are locked into like a nine to five thing because I would just find that so hard. I mean, I know uh, you got breakfast club and after school club for kids yeah. and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. the flexibility with being self-employed. I mean, you've, you've always got that problem that you haven't got that safety net like an employed person have has, but mm. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it because I, I can, just dictate my hours um I can dictate what gigs I take what gigs I don't want to take I mean that's where the agency came from really because there was too many gigs and I couldn't take them all so I was like well I'll give them to my friends then who are really good so that's how I started at the agency really and the agency is it's mm. got a unique thing in that I know like 95 percent of the people in it um there's like I think there's one guy that I'm, I don't know him that well like but everyone else I know them so when I'm speaking to the manager of a place or you know the client I can vouch for that person because I know them and I'm like no they're really mm. good and they're really nice as well yeah you can get some amazing musicians that are really hard work you know personality wise so um okay uh, so that's what so try and find ways around little issues so uh, self-employed for the flexi time, uh, agency mm. work to give away work that I can't necessarily do, um, mm. and using different musicians, actually. So, you know, I was saying, Alex, uh, he's one of the pianists for Crystal Gospel Choir because it can't always be him because if we can't get a babysitter, well, what are yeah. we going to do then? So he's one of the pianists, and I use about four. So I, I try mm. and always keep a, an amount of flexibility uh, in, in who I use and that's why there's a pool of singers for crystal as well so often we go out as about 15 people or 12 but the pool of singers is about 30 because mm. they've all got kids and jobs and stuff like that so I'll just choose different people at different times to try and keep it 
as flexible as possible, really. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, you know, we are going through lockdowns and we've had two and the COVID thing. So how are you finding it in terms of your income? You're a full-time musician, you're self-employed. Within the industry, obviously, theatres are closed, gigs are Mm. cancelled, certainly all of mine cancelled to next year. So how are you finding it and what are you doing to sort of stay afloat during this time? Yeah, that has been hard. I mean, obviously, there's the government grants for self-employed people. I'm just really grateful that I was honest on my tax returns for the last few years. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> there, there are some people that have not been honest and like they've paid a price this year, you know. Yeah. But I, yeah. I'm, I'm not making a judgment call on them. It's that's yeah. between them and whoever. But um, mm. so that's been helpful with with the government grants. Um, mm. With teaching, it did it did stop, but then I did go down the online route of teaching, mm-hmm. and I would say about half of them still did it like that and then in the summer when restrictions lifted um there was a there was a hesitancy of them coming back because some of them were a bit nervous um but then slowly most people came back so the the teaching just kept going really there was there was the dip yeah kept going uh the gigs pretty much were completely stopped although um we just did one recently actually crystal gospel choir did for cancer research uk they wanted an online concert Oh. So, yeah for the all their um legacy donors they're the ones that i've given for years yeah so um they just said oh can we do these christmas songs and so arranged them and then everyone recorded from their home and then i pulled all those shots in so we did you know those choir grids people have been yes yeah i did i did one of those um and so they had us in their concert so that was a it was like a gig it was like an yeah. online gig was, we got one <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard, though, because even yeah. today, somebody said, oh, I think the, uh, we'll be going into tier two. And yeah. so this particular um, restaurant wanted a jazz duo on Christmas Eve. So I was like, oh, great. But yeah. this is not today because they didn't get the tier two. Oh. So it's, it, that's still happening. Yeah. But really, all the weddings from this year have all been pushed into next summer. So I'm kind of trying to make most of the time now before that all goes crazy again yeah. so um yeah they're, they're teaching many of the government grants and then alex's uh because he works for college in yeah. the performing arts mm-hmm. so his wage didn't change so for us that was a nice steady aspect. Yeah. if you were to you know think back over the last 20 years what would be one of the things you would say this was a highlight for me yeah i'm probably a bit strange in this answer because I, I hear other people answer this sometimes and they'll say the biggest venue they've been in and who was there, some famous person. Even though those things have happened and that's really nice. For me... Um... Wow. I found that so illuminating. And I can't wait for Louise's part two where she talks about her highs and her lows, the challenges of being a female director and, of course tips to help you build your music into a full-time career and while you're waiting why not check out some of the previous episodes of my podcast success beyond the score and i have a free booklet called revealed 25 secrets of the successful gigging musician singer rapper and spoken word artist and you can get that on www.successbeyondthescore.com okay speak to you soon Bye for now.